podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ever since we started this podcast, people have been coming to me asking for advice. Usually it's about what team to bet on in each week. The truth is, even though I pretend I know, I usually don't. But if you think you know who's going to win, check out my bookie. Remember, when you're betting, it's not just who you're betting on, but who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they're the best bet this season. They've been in business for years and have great reviews online, and their mobile play is super easy. When you win, they pay out. You can do it in-game betting, and they have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet overs and unders on how many fantasy points each player will score in the game. If you join now, MyBookie is going to match your deposit dollar for dollar up to 1000 bucks if you use our promo code BOYS. That's right, just like Bosco's boys, just boys. Visit MyBookie today. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco Boys. Ooh, Bosco's Boys. Come on, boys. It's the Bosco's Boys Podcast. We're back in the brewery. We might have found ourselves a new home. It's Cinderblock in North Kansas City. We're surviving a massive hailstorm right now. Yes. Um, um, we're being, being true to our, our uh, tradition here. It's pouring outside. The weather is absolutely terrible. So Both of our cars are probably dented. Yes, yes. Windshields are chips. But um, this is... This is it. It's game week. We this got is our, our first in ever, season now. First ever, ever football preview pod, and the beer to go with this preview pod is the Northtown Native. Just a tasty little basic uh, California common lager. Um, it's good. It's delicious. It tastes like football season, but let's just honestly, let's just jump right into how we're going to be doing our, uh, our preview pods. We're going to try to hit you guys with the – Biggest K-State news since we last recorded. We're going to give you guys primers on both teams, the opponents and the Cats. We're going to have the return of Keys to V. You know, we debuted that on our very first podcast. Then we're also going to do some picks. We're going to have a special guest pick versus us each week. They'll be representing the Boneheads. And then Grant and I will also be going against each other at the end of the year. Someone will get the Golden Dog Bowl. Um, I will get it created. Uh, and if our guest wins, then it'll rotate around to all the guests and all the Boneheads all off season, like the Stanley Cup. Uh, oh, I want that Dog Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be great, but let's just jump into it. Um, the biggest highlight that has come out recently is depth chart news. So it got released today. Here are the you know the highlights. There was no starter named. It was Shocking. Skyler Orr, but Skyler was the first one. So Skyler or Alex Dalton, not surprising. I think we all saw that coming. Not yeah. surprising at all. Something that was super surprising though is the fullback spot. You know, JUCO transfer Luke Sawa, who we spent a scholarship on, is not on the two deep. It's Adam Harder or. Uh, Mason Barta, um, 
surprising. Why waste a scholarship on a JUCO fullback if he's not even going to make your two deep? I don't know. That's that is kind of surprising, but I mean, fullback position. Let's see if we're even going to really use that anyway. So maybe these other guys are stepping up. Yeah, who knows? Another speaking of stepping up, something that also was surprising: Warmack listed as the number two running back over the guy who was listed as the number one running back coming into the season last year, Justin Silman. Justin Silman not on the two deep, but I think everyone is pumped to see Warmack in that number two spot. I'm ex- I am super excited to see Dalton Warmack, and that is really shocking to me. Um, I wonder what's going. I wonder if there's anything going on with Justin Silman because I feel like we've heard absolutely. Nothing about him in the offseason, like, at all. Yeah, uh, especially since running back depth now all of a sudden is super light. I really hope there isn't going to be a surprise of Silman on the team or something like that. Um, I know when I'm in the stadium, when they come out for warm-ups, I'll be looking for that number 32 just to make sure Silman's still around. I don't think it's going to be anything like that, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I rate Silman fairly high. Um, you know, I was hoping that he was going to get a decent amount of carries. And even last year, I was hoping that he would kind of move into the number one slot a couple of times. But, uh, man, it's like the apocalypse. Here. I know. It's, uh, we're getting absolutely pissed on. But that's okay. Um, I don't know. I Maybe it doesn't mean anything. It's game one. Um, and, you know, maybe they think really highly of Dalton Warma- or Dal- Dalvin Warmack, which is great news in my opinion because yes. i think he's been underutilized for three years yes i'm i'm just hoping you know this staff loves dow war and uh i'm sure we'll see all three of them quite a bit the next one n- not surprising with these three being your starting wide receivers listed zuber showing and uh harris you know that's not right that's I don't know. We we may have no. This, that, we, that's not. Is it wrong? No, <laughs> no. It, it is uh, Do- Dalton Schoen, Isaiah Zuber, and Isaiah Harris. Those are starting. No, Harris two? is on the number two line. It's uh, who's the other white guy? Reuter. Yeah, it's Reuter. There you go. See, oh man, you know everyone who follows me on Twitter knows you know the Scott Wildcat typo. Well, here I am typing up the outline for the show. This is also I the first time I've seen this outline, so I'm like. I, I worked last night, slept t- slept all day. Scott made a new outline, so I'm, I'm trying to like not this a new is outline. All I just news add, to me. Well, yes, I, I added to it, but no, <laughs> it, it is uh, it is ruder. So it's Zuber showing in ruder. Nothing too surprising. The surprises come when you see Sebastian Taylor and Landry Weber as two of the backups, and then of course Isaiah Harris. I think it is going to be Isaiah Harris is going to be number four. And I personally, from everything I've heard, think Weber will be number five. I was a bit surprised to see Taylor in that spot because I had actually heard he wasn't having the best fall camp. But, you know, the depth isn't quite there, so it makes sense that he did end up on the two deep. just makes you wonder what really goes on. <laughs> like, what kind of information you're actually getting? What What is a smokescreen? What's not a smokescreen? I wonder if they let out information that's just to misdirect people. But who who knows? I'm excited about Chabasson Taylor. I hope. I mean, he's certainly got the body type to be an elite wide receiver. So um, you know, I don't know what to expect expect from him from this year. But it'd be really great if he could get some like meaningful minutes in game one. Yes, I I agree from with you. Mm -hmm. I think uh, 
he has the high high ceiling of probably any wide receiver except for uh, Ryzen, who has to sit this year out for a transfer. So we'll see what happens there. We'll bust through a few more of these uh, depth chart notes. Joe Davies is being listed as the second defensive tackle starting. You know, that second defensive tackle spot's been up for grabs. Um, you know, I think the wind was blowing Davies' ways, but, you know, fact of the matter with those big old defensive tackles, they're going to be ro- rotating a lot. Yes, I was going to say, I mean, wh- whomever is starting now, I don't think it's really all that important. It's probably going to be a bit of a merry-go-round this season. So, Oh, yeah. There seems to be a lot of parity in that position. Yep, and then your linebackers are Patton, Sizelove, and Sullivan. Again, nothing too surprising, but there were some battles there. Also not surprising, but something that was talked about in all the preseason press conferences, Walter Neal will be your starting nickelback. Uh, and, you know, I we, we've heard some good things. We've heard actually some good things about a lot of the backup defensive backs, so I'm actually starting to feel a little bit of cautious optimistic about, you know, the two-line in that secondary. I'm excited about our secondary. I really am. I don't know what it is. I think we have a good starting core. I think we have two really reliable safeties, and then we got Duke Shelley, who's a real quality swag master. Duke Shelley. Dude. I think he's going to be the swag. He's going to win the swag award. He, as well. He's going to be the swag master. It's either him. Kendall Abrams is also very swaggy, so I don't know. But, I, I'm but, thinking it's going to be but Duke, Duke, but we'll see. He's a swaggy dude, and I hope. I mean, I'm all for it, but I do feel decent about our secondary depth, so I'm excited. Yep, and uh, one last thing, you know, uh, there is, I just made note of this, there are five seniors on the defensive two deep, four seniors on the offensive two deep, one freshman on the defensive two deep, and six freshmen on the offensive two deep. I thought it was uh, fun to point that out, uh, see the discrepancy. We're still going to be returning a lot next season. and, you know, you have, especially on the offensive end, a lot of young guys. Yes. Um, I don't really have that much to add for you, but, um, yeah. And then one last <laughs> note, it sounds like Blake Lynch will be the starting kicker. Uh, you know, and Bill Snyder will touch on this. Uh, well, I'll touch on it right now. We are going to get into his press conference. He made a lot of jokes during his press conference saying that Blake Lynch is 5'5", but we're probably being generous when Is that saying number that. 10? Yeah, just oh my super gosh. short. He's, He's adorable. Yeah, it, it's great. Apparently his legs really been impressing in camp. The other, uh, another thing that was mentioned that I hinted at last podcast that maybe you hadn't, have, hadn't caught wind of it yet, uh, he said McCoy is going to be doubtful for this week, but there's a lot of smoke coming around. I don't know if we'll ever see Mike McCoy play again. We won't. Dis- we will not talk about the exact injuries, um, but it's sounding like we may never see Mike McCoy play for the Cats again. Yeah, uh, sad news there. Won't really dive into it too much, um, but hopefully it's not as bad as people seem to think it is. Um, wish for the best case scenario for Mike McCoy. Um, that's really all I had to say about that. Yep, and then as we touched on when we were talking about the depth chart, Snyder didn't break the quarterback starter news. There was a lot of hope that maybe he would after he said yesterday on the teleconference that he wasn't ready to announce the starter that day. That lent a lot of people to think he'll break it to the local media. He didn't, but he did break some quarterback news. The massive battle for QB3, it sounds like it will be Hunter Hall. Hunter Hall, the the story we've all been waiting for. Who is going to be QB three? Finally, we know now. 
that is something that we had all been waiting on. There was also a little bit of smoke around Elijah Sullivan. There was some rumors about a possible injury. Uh, Bill said he seems to be fine. Um, I would still be surprised if we saw him uh, this week. But, you know, if Bill's saying that, maybe he'll be available for Mississippi State. God, I hope so. I'm really concerned about that. Um, I think we're going to see him see him in Mississippi State. Um, but, you know, you never know. You never know how severe any injury is or the real truth behind any injury when it comes to K-State sports. So, or at least K-State football. I hope to I hope to God that Elijah Sullivan can be healthy by game two. But here's to hoping. Yes, and here is to Kendall Adams, who apparently has made a full recovery and then some from his season-ending injury last uh, year. Bill Snyder said Kendall Adams is playing as well as he can remember. If that's the case, I think we are all in for a treat from Kendall Adams this year. 100% agree. I think Kendall Adams is the most important player on the defense. He, at least for me, he's got the ability to make game-changing plays. Um, as we saw last year, and when he got hurt and when he went out, we didn't quite have that same swagger. We didn't quite have that same ability on defense. So I'm, I'm hoping he can stay healthy, and I'm excited for Kendall Adams. It's nice to have a good safety back there. Two good safeties, really, but I think Kendall Adams is going to be very, very good this year. I agree. Um, that's all we have from Bill Snyder's press conference. Something that we want to do is at least touch on some of the uh, non-revenue in the women's sports. Uh, you know, the t- my two favorite women's sport at K- sports at K-State are the volleyball and soccer team. Uh, volleyball started off with a kind of unconventional start to their season. They flew down to Honolulu, and on the schedule they played the Rainbow Warriors of the University of Hawaii twice, even during that, you know, hurricane scare down there they swept them both times with two three oh victories and hawaii is a perennial ncaa tournament team so that's a great start for the volley cats they're going out to st louis for the marcia e hamilton classic this weekend they're going to play marquette st louis and western kentucky uh, let's hope they keep it going and then for all you uh you know townie fans they open up their home season september 4th versus mississippi state uh I don't know if you got out to many volleyball games when you were at K-State, but, you know, Ahern was rocking. I loved going to volleyball games when I was in school. Yeah, get out to uh, Ahern Tuesday, September 4th versus Missouri State. That's your first game. Get out there and support them. Um, the soccer team also started the season off with three shutout wins at uh, home versus St. Louis, Oakland, and Drake. They take their undefeated record to California for matchups versus Santa Clara on Thursday and San Jose State on Sunday, and then they return home to play UMKC on September 7th, the Friday before the Mississippi State game. I love love the soccer cats. I need to get myself a scarf and become some sort of an ultra, go out, get some flares, start fights with the other team. That's what I need to be doing. There was some talk on Twitter about a possible want and desire for Bosco's boys to host a soccer tailgate party. Uh, Stay tuned. That might be something that we might be able to do this season, especially if it's a Friday before. And then I just want to touch real quick, for the first time in program history, they actually received seven top 25 votes this week. If you think about a program that didn't exist three years ago, an independent season to one Big 12 season, now they're receiving votes, that's insane. Dabini is the real deal. I I am so high on Mike Dabini and the Soccer Cats. Yes, I think he's done very well. I'm 
going to be honest, I don't know much about women's soccer in terms of the quality of the teams that we've played. Um, but two, two of them won their conferences last year. Both St. Louis and Drake won their conference last year. All right, that's all I needed to know. So Dabini has done a very good job. Um, I, that would be pretty sweet to host a soccer tailgate party. Stay I'd, tuned. I'd be very, very into that. Um, Stay tuned. And then a possible karaoke party to follow. So, ooh, that's a great idea. I've, I'm a karaoke fiend. But um, I need a new beer, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to kick it over to Mr. Grant Flanders, who's going to do the USD primer. Excuse me, I misspoke. Grant Flanders is doing the K-State primer, and our very own Scott Wildcat is going to do the South Dakota Coyotes primer. I'm going to go get a beer now. Scott, take us away with South Dakota State. This is Scott Wildcat, co-host of your favorite K-State sports podcast, Bosco's Boys. I'm here to give you your South Dakota Coyotes primer. The Coyotes will be entering Bill Snyder Family Stadium as the 34th-ranked team in the football championship subdivision. They're also being picked to finish fourth in the powerhouse Missouri Valley Conference. Many folks have them as a team who can contend for an FCS playoff bid in 2018. In 2017, South Dakota were able to take down MAC member Bowling Green in the second game of their season. They went on to pick up two more top 10 victories, one over their border war foe, the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, and one over crying Bo Pelini's Youngstown State Penguins. Those wins were enough to propel the South Dakota Coyotes to a ranking as high as four. They eventually cooled off but still reached the FCS playoffs and posted a top 15 FCS finish. South Dakota was an FCS juggernaut on offense last season, ranking second in the nation in total offense. Despite losing their All-American quarterback, the Coyotes will be returning a ton of production at running back and Michael Frederick, and out wide in Shamar Jackson. Those two have talent that will allow South Dakota to keep their high-scoring offense rolling this season. Austin Simmons will be the one who's attempting to fill the all-conference, all-American shoes at quarterback. While the defense was the weak link last season, and the ultimate reason why the Coyotes fell to semifinalist Sam Houston in a 54-42 shootout in the FCS playoffs, They did lead the conference and were top 20 in uh, sacks, and they were also in the top 20 in turnover margin. The Coyotes will have a ton of ammunition on defense in those departments because they do return Darren Greenfield, who totaled nine total sacks last season, and Isaac Armstead and Phillip Powell both snatched three interceptions. Those two will be patrolling the safety and cornerback spots for the Coyotes. If South Dakota is going to pull off a shocking upset and send the Purple Faithful home from Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday as very sad cats, they're going to have to play to their strengths. That means scoring early, scoring often, doing the two things on defense that they were good at last year, getting to the quarterback and winning turnover battles. This was your South Dakota Primer. And that's our very own Scott Wildcat with the USD Primer. Let's kick it over to Flando of KSO for the K-State Primer. I'm Grant Flanders from K-State Online here to give you your K-State Primer. K-State enters Game 1 against the Coyotes with a lot to look forward to and take note of. Of course, the biggest question being who takes the most snaps from under center. 
No guarantee, but expect Alex Delton to start the game. But don't be surprised when Skylar Thompson enters, whether it's a blowout or not. Both have been strong this spring and summer, but now it's time to see it unfold on the field. A new look coaching staff will be notable. Co-defensive coordinators Blake Seiler and Brian Norwood may show some different looks than what opposing offenses are used to. K-State will most likely be without starting linebacker Elijah Sullivan against the Coyotes due to injury. Expect him back around the start of the Big 12 season. Sam Sizelove will start in his place alongside Daquan Patton. That will be the weakness of in the defense for the time being, making Patton my player to watch on that side of the ball as he takes a larger load than expected. The strength on the defensive side is the secondary. Cornerback Duke Shelley and safety Kendall Adams are two of the best, and the corner opposite of Shelley, A.J. Parker, has shown major strides this offseason. Now let's move to the offense. K-State's strength on that side is the Dalton Reisner-led offensive line. All starters from a year ago return, and it may be the deepest unit on the whole team. Weakness will, without a doubt, be wide receiver. K-State lost Byron Pringle to the NFL, taking his big play ability with him. Expect Dalton Schoen and Isaiah Zuber split out wide with possibilities of Isaiah Harris, Zach Reuter, and Dalvin Warmack finding time in the slot. Yes, it's the weakest link for the Cats offense, but both Schoen and Zuber bring experience with them from a year ago. Key player on offense to look out for will be running back Alex Barnes. He's coming off a solid season a year ago and has big expectations this time around. Don't be surprised if he goes for a big game against this Coyote defense. Also, uh, key will be how K-State special teams look. Maybe the weakest link on the whole team. K-State lost both their kicker and punter to graduation. First game of the year could tell us a lot on how this season could go for a usually really strong unit for the Cats. The most important aspect for K-State to get this win will be to just stay focused. If they don't, South Dakota will make it a close game. The Coyotes are a strong FCS team, and if overlooked enough, it could be bad. With K-State's new coaching staff, I expect their full attention, but there could still be some hiccups. However, I think K-State can still get it done handedly despite these hiccups. I'm Grant Flanders from K-State Online, and that was your K-State Primer. So that's that for the Primers. Um, we're going to come back here to you guys with a short Ask Bosco segment. we got three great questions from the Boneheads. Kick us off. Yep, and all three are from All-Star Boneheads. The first one is from at Brett Mori one you get to add any team to the Big 12. Only restrictions is they must be in or border a state with a current team in it. Who do you add? Grant, who are you going with? This is a tough question. I basically did I, – I chose my final answer just for personal enjoyment and personal, like, this is would be the most fun for me. So I chose LSU because I thought that would be sick. LSU is one of my favorite teams, like, in the country. I love their program. I love their absolute fire uniforms. Another purple, another purple squad, which would be nice to bring into the conference. Um, I don't know how much it would really make sense to bring them into the Big 12. They would open up a nice market, and I think they would immediately improve the conference. And it wouldn't be that big of a trek. You have a place to go that's an hour away from uh, New Orleans. I think that would be a great choice. There's a couple other choices I had that would just be like, also just for fun, and then another realistic choice. But I want to hear what you have to say. LSU was my number two. Okay, um, sweet. Yes, and don't worry. 
And even if you would have picked my number one, I would have changed it because we agree too much. Um, mine is contingent on West Virginia never leaving the conference, and I would say Virginia yes, Tech. Yes, that was one of my, Enter one of my other ones. A fun football school, an okay basketball school. Get another school in the mid-Atlantic. Get another Eastern time zone. Um, and I don't think it makes sense to add just one, so we're going to go rogue a little bit. Give me one more for yours, and then I'll take another. I'll go with Arkansas, just because I think that makes the most realistic sense in terms of at least um, how close they are. Um, I don't know. That would be an easy add. Yes, Arkansas, again, that was my number three, but then I'm going to go sentimental and bring Nebraska back as my other one. Um, I would like to see them rot in the vine, but it makes too much sense if we're both adding two more. Um, another one that I thought about was just bringing Pitt. And Pitt? Because, you know what, West Virginia Pitt is one of the best rivalries. Um, get you into the Pennsylvania market. I'd never want that, you know, any of the crap going on at Penn State or Louisville. So, you know. What about Wisconsin? Wisconsin would have been a fun one. one. Considered just like, just for fun. Yeah, that, that would have been a fun one. But I, I think I would have, I, I would land with Nebraska with Pitt being my number two. I'd take Nebraska back. I really would. I would too. But we'll move on from that. E underscore S for KSU. Like I said, this is the Hall of Fame Boneheads. What would need to happen in the first game to make you feel confident for Mississippi State and rest of the season? I have no idea how to answer this question. What is going to make me feel confident in game one for Mississippi State? That's a tough, that's such a tough question. I feel like there's, there's a lot that I need to see in game one to where, for me to feel even remotely confident going into game two. Um, I'll say a couple things. One, I would love to see our run game be absolutely dominant. Um, special teams, I'd like to see not an absolute calamity. Um, if we can perform well, special teams, like if our kicker can come out and just hit a few kicks, I will be pretty, I'll be very, it'll at least be like a weight off of my shoulders. But gosh, I, there's not much that I feel like we can really see in game one that's going to give me any confidence for game two. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm interesting interested to see what your answer is here yeah it would take a lot it would I would need to see every single one of these exactly how I say it I'd need to see Blake Lynch pound a 55 yarder I would need to see (laughs) him hit two more field goals and be perfect from extra points I would need to see the offense be explosive while still establishing the run and pass I would need to see three to five turnovers from the defense seven Seven sacks, uh, yes, seven, seven sacks and two punt returns for touchdowns. It would need to be something like a 77-6 to six type win for it to happen. I don't think there's realistically anything that could happen to make me feel confident going into Mississippi State. I mean, yeah. Which is weird that you were so down on it seeing that you picked us to beat Mississippi I'm State. Not, I, I'm not necessarily down on it. And, of course, I mean, my mood changes literally daily, but – I'm just saying that there's really nothing from game one that's going to give me confidence going into game two. I think it's possible that we beat Mississippi State, and I'm kind of, you know, I made those picks with purple glasses on and with my heart over my my brain. But um, there's just nothing from game one playing South Dakota that's going to give me confidence that it really is relevant going into game two. But I'm still going to stick with my win. I'm still going to stick with beating Mississippi State. 
All right, final question for this episode. We lied to you guys because we're asking it one more time. Coming from my travel buddy from my weekend in Washington, D.C., M. Mainin 3, who's taking the first snap? It's Has there ever been so much smoke that is coming from, from, the, from the quarterback battle? Has there ever been so much, like, back and forth? I can't remember a time. Maybe L and Dunn, but, dude, I'm <laughs> – I'm Skyler now. I think it's going to be Skyler. Yeah. So, so I, I agree with Grant. Um, after, literally, not even two hours after we finished taping, I got a text message, and now all the smoke, even the text message, a couple other reports coming out of camp, it almost sounds like Skyler, ever since it looked like it was going the other way, kicked it into another gear. And now everything I'm starting to hear, all the whispers, are it's Skyler again, which makes all the predictions from last episode that I made almost irrelevant. It's just this has been a a crazy quarterback battle, and I really like genuinely nobody has any idea. I mean, I'm a sky guy; I'm all for it. But I mean, it could very easily just be Dalton. I have no idea, but I'm I'm. I do my have final an idea, Skyler. Let's. Do I do it. have an idea. I am 100 percent cemented, confident it's going to be Skyler. And I'm all not. that being said, it'll end up being Alex. But no, that's my official pick. Now we're going to get into keys to V each week. Grant and I are both going to deliver two. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a guest that will throw in a fifth or steal one from one of us. But Grant, kick us off. What is your first key to V? My first key to V, which is not only important for game one, but for the rest of the season, stay injury free. We cannot have any major injuries in game one. We have a I mean, we don't have any time to recover from injuries. We got a massive game, game two. Maybe one of our, maybe the biggest game of the year, game two. We have to, we have to stay injury free. We cannot afford any of our big names to go down because we don't have much depth, really anywhere on the field, and that's been that's really plagued us. I think in the last three or four years. I just really hope we can stay injury free. My first key, key number two for the entire game. It's play mistake-free football. That's been the Bill Snyder hallmark almost his entire career, but I almost feel like it's not true anymore. I think there were a lot of games last year where we turned the ball over. We had penalties. We had mental breakdowns. Can't have that versus South Dakota. You know, the Coyotes are an FCS playoff team. The Coyotes have a prolific offense. If you turn the ball over, if you're making mistakes, that's going to show a crack in the door. And, you know, the Coyotes are hungry. They're going to try to bust through that door if you don't play mistake-free football. 100% agree with you. I think that that narrative is one of the biggest myths, at least in the last five years. We've seemed to prove that narrative wrong. We have beaten ourselves several times in the last few years. I think what has remained consistent is that we still are a team that seems to get the most out of our players and you know I think we prepare for games very well but in game we beat we've been beating ourselves and I would love to see that trend be reversed because yeah. there's a couple of big games that we've dropped yes there, I, there's top been of my head you know there's been two or three games the last three years that we've dropped because of our mistakes yeah and you can't be doing that in this first game, especially if we're trying to instill any sort of confidence going into that big matchup week two. My third, well, my second key to V and our third key to V overall, for me, establish the run. I want to see our run game take off from game one, nothing stopping it. We started pretty slow last year, um, 
we can't afford that this year. I want to see our our I want to see our run game look like a well-oiled machine from start to finish game 1. I want to be unstoppable. I want to see our our back strong. I want to see our line working together well. I think that's really important to establish that going into game 2. And if all of these three key devs happen, I think it will mean the fourth and final one for today and my second. Get up early, get up big. Here's the thing. Outside of maybe UTSA, there's not going to be another depth-building game on this schedule early enough where it can be beneficial. You know, you have KU a little bit later in the season. You know, unless something crazy happens, you're not going to get that opportunity versus Mississippi State. So if you want to start developing depth, get some of those younger wide receivers, get that second offensive line, get both quarterbacks enough snaps, and get some of those linebackers some time, has to happen this game. Get up big, get up early. 100% agree. Um, we have, like I said the last few years, we have started very slow. We cannot afford that this season. We have a gauntlet early on. Our first five games are rough. If we start slow, we look poor. We're going we're gonna to be 2-3, and 3-2, three, three and two. best case scenario. we got to start fast. And I think a fifth key to V shout-out, special teams, I'd like to see something out of there this game. I think we can just pencil in special teams as a key to V all season. Speaking of all season long, our game predictions, which will be coming to you all season long, will be sponsored by our title sponsor, MyBookie. Remember to visit MyBookie online today. That is M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BOYS, B-O-Y-S, all caps, to receive deposit match on up to $1,000. Y'all can take that match and either fade or go right with our picks that we're going to do this season. And how we're going to be doing our picks this season, it's just simple. We're picking the winners. We're going to do all Big 12 games and the College Game Day game every week, and we're going to pick 11 games. So through the non-con, it's going to be almost all Big 12 plus the one national game. Once we get into conference, we're going to have a few more conference games. And uh, as we as we said, there will be a picker representing the Boneheads. Flando, who did such a great job with the K-State Primer, he sent us his picks for these and we will read them off when we are going through them all the first game on the schedule it is oklahoma state versus missouri state this is thursday night 7 p.m boone picking stadium fs1 what did our guy flando say flando's got oklahoma state shocker he's really going out on a limb there grant also have oklahoma oh yes oklahoma state uh, and again, probably early on, especially us having Big 12 pride, I assume a lot of these are going to be similar. Uh, one game, Oklahoma versus FAU. This is uh, Lincoln Riley versus, uh, you know, the probably maybe the best-looking coach in all of college football, Lane Kiffin. Do you yes. have FAU pulling off the upside memorial? I've got Oklahoma. I got Oklahoma, too. This is 11 a.m. on Fox. I assume Flando's going OU. Flando has gone Oklahoma. All right. The next one, not a very sexy coach, but a good coach. Gary (laughs) Patterson, TCU, taking on Southern. Eamon G. Carter Stadium. This is not on TV. 11 a.m. I got TCU. I've also got TCU, and so does Grant Flanders, TCU. Perfect. Um, A game that plagued our uh, friends from Austin last year. Texas, Maryland. This is 11 a.m. This is at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. That's the home of the Washington R-Words. 
11 a.m., Fox Sports 1. I'm taking Texas. Texas is back. I'm going with Texas, but that is not going to be an easy game. I actually think it will be an easy game. All that drama going on at Maryland this offseason. Oh, that's a good point. I, I think, think about Texas that. wins big. Flando also has Texas. All right, we got Texas Tech, the second prettiest uh, college football coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Did they pull it off versus Ole Miss in NRG Field at Houston? This is on ESPN at 11 a.m. I got Ole Miss. Whoa, our first disagreement. I'm going with Texas Tech. What does our buddy Flando have? Flando has Tech as well. I've always said that Flando. He is a smart, (laughs) smart kid. Uh, Now we have West Virginia versus Tennessee. This is 2.30 in the afternoon. This is on CBS. This is in Charlotte, North Carolina, Bank of America Stadium, where the Carolina Panthers play. Our friends, the Mountaineers, play two games in the state of North Carolina before they play two games in the state of West Virginia. Fun little scheduling quirk that they have going on this year. I have West Virginia. I'm high on West Virginia. What say you? You can't get that kind of content on any other podcast. That is a great tidbit. I actually have a guy down in Charlotte, a source, who told me that they're expecting 80-20 West Virginia fans in the stadium, and all the local furniture stores are out of couches. There is a couch burning alert in (laughs) Charlotte, North Carolina. They're going to black out the sun with the smoke. Um, I've got West Virginia, and so does our boy Flando. All right, this is the big one. ESPN Plus, the fight in Beatty, Rock Chalk Saturday, Jayhawk football team versus Nichols, an FCS playoff team. This is 6 p.m. at Memorial Stadium, ESPN Plus. I want to know what you have first. I went KU. I also went KU. I think this is KU's only win. Flando went Nichols. <laughs> Ooh, Flando going Nichols. Um Baylor versus Abilene Christian. They're not on TV, 7 p.m. I took Baylor, but I didn't like doing it. I got Baylor. Flando's got Baylor. Yeah, we'll move on quickly. Iowa State versus South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. This is 7 p.m. at the Flood Zone, Jack Trice Stadium, not on TV. I took Iowa State, but this is going to be much closer than the Cyclones won. I actually agree with you there, but I took Iowa State and so did Flando. We got all three Iowa State. And then here is the big one. Not K-State, but Notre Dame-Michigan. This is your college game day game. It's coming to you live from Notre Dame Stadium on NBC 630. We'll start with Flando. Who did Flando take? Flando took Michigan. I took Michigan as well. I'm going with the away, the away Jordan crew. I went with the good old touchdown Jesus Notre Dame. I'm going with Notre Dame. I, I just you know, I went with the guess there. I don't really know much about either squad, but honestly, I think it'll end up being a pretty good game. But then we'll make this quick. K State versus South Dakota, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It'll be on ESPN three and KStateHD.tv. We got some good friends of the pod who will be a part of the broadcast team. We have Travis Tannehill, we have Ian Campbell, and we have the man, the legend, Swaggy B. Brian Smoller. I'm taking K State and I'm and I'll throw just a score out there. I think it's gonna end up being a you know a forty to twenty type game. I think it ends up being closer than we want it to, but I think we'll be able to score on South Dakota, but I think they're gonna get theirs too. Yeah, they're a solid team. I'm going with the Cats and so is Flando, obviously. Also shout out to Brian Smoller for making Bald look very good. 
If um, I thought I could look half as good as Brian Smoller bald, I would have already shaved all this hair off. He's he's he looks good bald. I tell you what, but um, yeah, point wise, I don't know. Um, I do feel like it's going to be a little closer. I just I don't know. I but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna completely negate what I just said. I'm gonna go 52 to 14 K State. Well, there you have it, folks. This is our first ever preview pod. Be looking out, you know, Sunday night to hear our review pod. Uh, they'll be coming to you from somewhere in Topeka. We're not quite sure. If you want us to cover anything specifically in those uh, review pods, let us know. We haven't written the outline yet. And when I do, hopefully I won't have as many mistakes in there. Uh, one, two pieces of housekeeping news. Be on the lookout to Twitter and hopefully our next podcast we will have the location of our utsa tailgate party it will be in the east reserve lots stay tuned for the numbered stall also get to us on twitter uh you know or on facebook we're active in a couple facebook groups and uh, email get in touch with us if you're interested in a long sleeve lavender bosco's boy shirt we're putting an order together the more people order the cheaper for all of us we're not looking to profit we're going to sell it to you at cost uh, so just get to us. Grant, anything before we sign off? Yes, guys, order up those shirts because the more people that order, the cheaper the shirt is. Um, we're just going to break even on them anyways. And we'd like to, the sooner the better because I think it'd be better for us to hand them out in person at the UTSA game. We can obviously ship them out if we need to, but um, try to get those order, orders in as soon as you can. We're going to try to get them those orders put in on Sunday. So you're listening to this. Um, you're about to go to the game. Get in touch with us if that's something you're interested in. Um, we're here. It's time. We love you all. Yes. Um, pray to God, whatever God you you follow. Make a blood sacrifice to the devil if you have to. No rain in game one. Just pray that it gets pushed off to the Sunday. Sick of rain. We had too much rain last season. But, hey, if it's rainy, we'll get wet and we're going to have a great time. Cats are going to win. Go Cats. Meet me at the Cathead.
Social Podcast Network.